Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Happy day we observe January 1st, which means there are bowl games. And Ari, boy, were there some bowl games. We, we had two very, very interesting ones. Uh, one that was a complete and utter blowout, and one that is uh, trending toward blowout. The, the Penn State-Utah game still has about three minutes to go. Okay, yeah. Um, where do we rank the USC Tulane Cotton Bowl in the pantheon of best bowl games this year? Is it two? Ooh. Okay, well, I think the two playoff games were still probably better. So three? Yeah, yeah. Arkansas-Kansas is, is tough. Did it's you tough, think that the but... TCU-Michigan game was better than the the Cotton Bowl game? I mean, the the, the comeback in the Cotton Bowl was, was utterly improbable. If you'd, have, if you'd have said at 45-30, it's going to go touchdown, dropped kickoff, safety, Length of the field touchdown to win. I the second say, the drop not. kickoff went out at the one, I knew that Tulane was going to win the game. <laughs> it just, it just, it had that feeling to it. I don't know. It, it, it was why. I mean, because there was so little time left for them to do all that. Right. You know. You know. I think that there's one important lesson that we all can learn. Never Being bet cons- bowl games? No, always bet bowl games. <laughs> so, says a guy who had who had uh, Mississippi State. Yes. Well, no, you had Illinois. You had Illinois. I had Illinois plus, plus three, three and, and a half. half. I had the game. It was over. I won. I, yes, I, Illinois was was down by three. Tried as our friend Scott Van Pelt calls it, pitchy woo woo, and Mississippi State returned it for a touchdown. Backdoor cover. What's so funny too is that like Illinois got the opposing thirty five. I think. Oh, oh it was awesome. Woo-woo. It was they going got, great. They, I mean, I'm not going to act like I'm. I think it's funny. I'm devastated, but it was a entertaining game for sure. But. I just think that conservative play calling in any walk of life when you're a college football coach, there's just no use for it anymore. You know, like, and I, and I can't like fault Lincoln Riley for running the ball at the goal line there, but it's like, you have the best quarterback in college football, try to get five yards, try to get a first down. Well, you know, like running it up the middle two times. Like what are we doing to Lincoln Riley? And I don't know that Alex Grinch is going to be USC's defensive coordinator next year. I, I have a sneaking suspicion. We're going to hear that Alex Grinch, took another job that sounds strangely like uh, not as good as the one he has now, but, but took it anyway. Cause maybe it wasn't available. The, the one he has wasn't available to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but look at what a true nose can do. He can stuff you on the goal line and get a safety. Well, it's like in that position, if you're Lincoln Riley, don't you have to know that if Tulane gets the ball back down six, you're going to lose. And if so, do you, run the ball three times, try to get a punt off and play defense, or do you do everything in your power to get a first down there? Yeah. You know, like just as long as Caleb Williams is healthy, they should just be just trying let to score because Tulane couldn't stop them. No. So why are you going, why are you going conservative up the middle in that position? That, that, it's funny because all of this is a philosophical problem. Like the philosophical, the, the basic yeah. philosophical problem is they don't care enough about defense to actually put a good one on the field. Like they don't practice it right. They don't st- they don't scheme it right. They don't s- populate it right with the right kind of people. And I'm going back to Oklahoma here. Like they, they put guys who should be three techniques at nose, and they're they're too small for what they want what they want them to be. They need to do it all differently. But you make a great point. If you're going to be if if you're not going to field a conventionally good defense, if you refuse to do that philosophically. Then why are you to trying impact to impact your offensive yeah, philosophy? Why are you why are you trying to play conventional offense as if you actually That's have perfect. a good defense? That's the perfect point. Like, you know, if you've never played blackjack before, but you go to a casino and they have those cards mm-hmm. on there that give you instructions of like right. what to do if you have a three against a six or whatever, and right. you just like play the hands based like your robot. 
I feel like there was a coaching manual for that that like existed 15 years ago that some coaches have been able to put down completely, but other coaches continue to look at in certain critical scenarios that have nothing to do with the way that they approach offense at all. And it's like, I think if you were to look at the college football offensive play calling blackjack cheat sheet, they would tell you in that moment when it was published in 1993 that you should run the ball up the middle and try to get some space and get a clear punt off. But if you're the head coach of your of your team and the Cotton Bowl's on the line and you're you're already given up 39 points, and the other you have to look at that cannot so, stop your quarterback, and, and you can just continually. I mean, how many dink and dunk first downs did USC get that entire game? They were receivers thir- wide open on the sidelines. 13 of their first 16 third or fourth downs in that game. It and was you played insane. football, so tell me because I only played Poorly. the high school level, and everybody always says you've never played football, so you can't know anything about it. But is it that much harder to throw a six or seven yard out in the end zone? Well, from six your or own seven one? yard out is a is a almost there's a real pick six risk there. But there are other things you can do. I mean, you can line your guy up in the shotgun and run a slant. I mean, they, they were hitting those all day. There's no, and it's like Tulane knew exactly what the play was going to be. Yeah, you need it. I mean, you can run a quick a quick game pass from the shotgun where you should feel relatively safe that you're not going to have to deal with the safety. Now, what you worry about is, is an offensive lineman holding and, and you getting a safety that way. But it, it is, I, it's funny because as I watched it, I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're exactly right. Like the, the blackjack card for Lincoln Riley is throw if it. Caleb Williams is on the field, double down every play. Yeah. Like, it's like the guy won the Heisman, let him win the Heisman. You know I mean? Like that's, yeah. and, and the second they punted the ball, I was like, Oh, they've got a minute. This defense can't hold anybody especially not with the game on the line. And sure enough, they went down the field, converted two fourth downs on the way um, Mm -hmm. to the touchdown, and then got it there at the end with 10 or 11 seconds left. So good for Tulane. I I guess this was a a almost 100-year revenge game. Oh, it's incredible. And and, and Stephen Wilson with the the great line here, the best running joke from this game is Lincoln Riley escaping having to play the SEC at Oklahoma just to lose in spectacular fashion to a founding member of the SEC at USC. That's right. Tulane, founding member of the SEC, decided to get out in the 60s, kind of regrets it now. Yeah, I, and I kind of think, too, that, and Vaughn just said something that sparked my memory of what, this point I want to make, but watching two college football games, you should know not to call off the dogs. And I think Ohio State, to a certain extent, maybe it was because they they lost Marvin Harrison, did a little bit. Um, you know, USC didn't call off the dogs, but they were overly conservative. I think that in college football at the highest level, and I guess if you want to include the Cotton Bowl in that highest level, Andy, defense isn't winning you games. No. USC's defense isn't going to win you games. Well, let, let me let me ask you about this because I heard a lot of criticism of Ryan Day for not running the clock more in that game, that they were snapping the ball with. I, I remember we, we were talking about in the press box. We're like, why are they snapping the ball at 30 seconds on the play clock? But – isn't that him doing exactly what we're criticizing Lincoln Riley for not doing? Well, I think it's all situational football. I mean, you can still run an aggressive offense, but not use all the time on the play clock. But I do I understand you. and respect like how much time was left. Was were they in the middle of the third quarter when people were saying that? Or no, were they the fourth quarter? This is fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. This is fourth quarter. You know, I mean, it's like you can give Ryan Day crap for not running the the clock down more, but I think the biggest issue was they gave up a 75 yard touchdown when they were up exactly. by two the scores. Other, the other thing is Georgia you know, made a Georgia made a schematic change where they decided we're just gonna blitz all out and whatever happens happens on the back end. Now, what I do think Ohio probably State don't do that if Marvin Harrison Jr. is in the game is after that big C.J. Stroud run that got him inside the 30 or to the 30. I would have lined up and shotgun and thrown it three more times. They ran the ball on first down, and I think it put them behind the sticks a little bit. And then right. at that point, it went to you know a few more passes, and then that would set up the the worst field goal of all time, um, you know. But I, I don't know that uh, I think that Ohio State lost that game because they were too conservative. But what I do know is is that every single coach, and I and I said it about the the quarterback competition thing too, when I used the Brock Purdy thing. Why does it take an injury to know what you have on your bench? I also think the coach has to know exactly who his team is the situation that his team is in and know that, you know, you might want to play for defense as Georgia's defense is going to trot out there and get a stop, but mm-hmm. USC can't stop anybody. So yeah. by running the ball, even if they wouldn't have gotten that safety, you're already conceding yourself to potentially giving the team that is going to score on you the ball back at the 50 with a minute and 10 seconds left. And it's like, 
Lincoln Riley should have started that drive thinking there's no possible way that we're going to win this game if we don't get a first down here. Yeah. And run offense that is indicative of that thought process. And, and you know what? They probably would have scored another touchdown and won. Yeah, the they probably would have scored. They would have and had the a 99 so yard like, well, drive. And I understand if you have a, a, a pass play that's going to take three or four seconds potentially to develop that you're nervous about a safety happening in the end zone. But they Andy, have the, they had a, the safety <laughs> happened. <laughs> right. It happened doing the conservative exactly. Thing. Exactly. And Caleb Williams having the ball in the shotgun is probably less likely to get sacked in the end zone for a safety than any other human. And more likely team. to get a nine yard gain. Exactly. On the ground. Exactly. So yeah, I, I just, they have to change philosophically if they want to get where they want to go. I, I said, I wrote that after the Pac-12 championship game, the cotton bolt only reinforcement reinforced it. I, I would imagine if they were going to make a defensive coordinator change, which I still think they're going to, it, it may already be known to the people inside. We'll tell the people that hadn't read your column from Vegas, what you wrote. Okay. So after the Utah USC Pac-12 championship, I wrote, this will never change until Lincoln Riley decides to change. I'm talking philosophically, globally, not just change defensive coordinators because you could change coordinators, but if you don't decide defense actually matters to you, you are not going to do anything different. This will be the same banging your head against the wall like Oklahoma in 17, Oklahoma in 18, Oklahoma in 19, USC this year, same. They're the same. And you have to decide you want to do something different if you're Lincoln Riley. And that's going to require some, some self-scout. That's going to require going to other coaches and saying, how'd you do this? You're USC. You take yeah. that job. You have all that money. What I would do is I would tend to, you see this like nice wall behind me that has nothing on it. Mm -hmm. It'd be perfect for a projector, right? So right. I would take a projector and I would put up George's defense. I'm going to be like, can we do that? Yeah. Can we be like that? And guess what? And, and USC, give me a reason why they couldn't. You can do that. Well, but well, here's the reason. Lincoln Riley has to practice like Kirby Smart practices. He has to be willing to hit the way they hit. Uh, Georgia players spent all week at the at the Peach Bowl talking about Bloody Tuesday. Urban Meyer used to talk about Bloody Tuesday. Like the the teams that still win at a high high level hit all yeah. season long. Yeah, it's not just about hiring a defensive coordinator and maybe trying a new. Thing schematically, it's an incomplete overhaul of the way that your program perceives the importance of defense. Yeah, but exactly. you can't do that unless you have a new coordinator, because I don't right. think that you can fix that problem with the same coordinator. I, I I'm again, I think they're going to change. I, I I would be very shocked if Alex Grinch is their coordinator into in 2023. Yeah, the number one thing I always see on Twitter is uh, or the new phrase is serious versus unserious. If you don't, if you don't change that, somebody tweeted. I don't remember who, but I saw it like four times. If USC doesn't change their defensive coordinator, they're not a serious program, or they're an unserious program. I, 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 this is fair sentiment. You, you just, you've got to check. You, you just got to decide what matters to you. And if winning the national championship matters to you, well, who wins the national championship? And look, Georgia didn't get to the national championship game with defense on they Saturday. Didn't. Nope. Georgia's defense got shredded, yeah. but it did make a stop when it needed to. Well, here's the thing. Offenses are inherently better than defenses now. Yes. So you have to have a defense that gets you through the season. Yeah. But you have to have an offense that can score 45 points in the playoff. I mean, what what was the lowest scoring team in the playoff? 41? Yeah. Well, you also have to have a defense that's going to win you a game every once in a while. Like, or to get a stop when you need a critical stop. Like it, it, USC's exactly. defense could have been kind of mad all year, but if they would have got, stepped up and – forced a turnover like they did for a good large portion of the season or gotten yeah, the, off the field, the they, they would have won the game. probably an example of them winning the game with turnovers, not with stops. You know, and turnovers are a inexact science and an like a unreliable metric, but, you know, nobody watching that game thought that USC was going to get a stop there, did they? Even on the fourth downs, I knew they were going to get firsts. They, yeah, Tulane converted a fourth and six and then a fourth and ten on that last drive. And the fourth and 10 was just crazy because Pratt looked calm as hell. He was flushed in that play, right? He was flushed out of the pocket. He steps up and he gets right, right before, right before he gets to the line of scrimmage, he looks downfield and there is a guy wide freaking open. Just yeah. wide. And it wasn't like people get so wide. It wasn't like the time. Caleb Williams play where he ran for 11 seconds and then threw the laser beam down the left sideline. Like 
this was a more conventional like USC's DBs just got a loss. Yeah, and it's like the Ohio State play that blew the game for them, seventy-five yard touchdown or whatever it was, was a coverage bust, right? Right. I don't understand when you're watching USC how guys are that wide open in the middle of the field, six yards past the line of scrimmage. It's like how like where the, where is everybody? Like how do you and get that lance and just running through arm tackles and gaining? I mean, I go I go back to the Pac-12 championship game. There was a sixty-five yard touchdown that should have been a twenty-two yard game, right? And the guy broke like seven tackles. It was insane. So Andy, what about the what about the Rose Bowl? You do before because we're going to get into the Jim Harbaugh stuff. I'm yeah, assuming. we got to get into the Jim Harbaugh. We actually have a question from our friend Ralph Russo from oh. the Associated Press. I, I guess he's he knows we're live right now, or he just texted this because sometimes he texts us during games. But this goes back to our our discussion about Penn State preseason. And so here's Ralph's question. Just to put a bow on this, Ari, do you believe there is no difference between this Penn State season and a 9 and 4 season in which they turn the job over to Drew Aller? Yeah, I'm going to I'll say the same thing I said at the beginning of the year, Andy, and that is so how do we view this season for Penn State? Like if you're a Penn State fan, was this like wow, amazing season or was it an okay season that had a fun ending? That's not going to really matter in a month. To well, like a Larry, I think Larry David would call it pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Nothing that you're going to hang banners for in your house or get framed uh, pictures, especially because it was raining uh, in L.A. But you have to have the totality of the situation. Like if you asked a Penn State fan, and maybe there's a Penn State fan in the comments who can who can chime in here. Would you rather have a, did they finish 11 and 2? Yes. 11 and 2 season. Uh, where you win the Rose Bowl and beat Utah. And you lost to two playoff teams. And you lost to Michigan and Ohio State. And that was your season, the one that they had. But you lose an extra game next year because Drew Aller has growing pains? Or would you rather go 9-3 and three in the regular season, not play in the Rose Bowl, win the Outback Bowl with Drew Aller, and then come into the next year better? Like, this, to me, and, and like, listen, I, I know that sometimes, too, uh, Andy, that, like, my background covering Ohio State kind of jades me with how I view this because I know like that season for Ohio State would be viewed as a failure um but like how special is that season to Penn State fans like is this something that they're relishing or was it just a fun ending to a, ran a regular I think they're underwhelming happy. season I think they're happy and I, I I think your disaster scenario of Drew Aller didn't get enough time and he's going to lose a key game because I don't I don't think that's that much to worry about. But what I about think, what if if he played all year? Would you be more confident in his ability to win a close game against a really good team? Not really. Or does experience if just not good, matter? If he's, if he's good, he's going to be good. Like that's I think experience is, is important. We talked about experience it on the show. Yesterday. Stetson, Stetson Bennett's a great example of that. Like Stetson Bennett this year is better than Stetson Bennett last year, and and maybe the answer is this: it wasn't worth it. You know, I'm not trying to act like I was right. Maybe I was wrong. And it was a pretty good year for Penn State, but it's like when I look at Penn State this year, it's like, well, you got into the Rose Bowl by default because two Big Ten teams made it to the championship and you played Utah and they lost their quarterback in the third quarter and the wheels fell off. Solid year. Maybe next year you'll figure out how to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. But maybe they will. And and that's the thing. I I don't think not playing Drew Aller this year is going to change whether they're going to beat Ohio State or Michigan next year. I think it would change what we think is possible in terms of their ceiling next year if they had an awesome quarterback who grew throughout the year and went into the offseason as the unquestionable leader of a program. I don't know. I'm watching Sean Clifford right now with a rose between his teeth running around that stadium in the rain. I'm, I'm fine with this. I'm yeah, I mean, perfectly if it, it makes, fine yeah, with this. It feels good. Yeah, I, feels I think, good from like a, a storyline standpoint, but when you ask health well, of the program questions. If Drew Aller is really good, then they're going to they're gonna be able to beat Ohio State or Michigan next year. That's That's all there is to it. Like, whether you played him this year or not, you can. Because, I mean, you have. When you say that, Andy, you're saying that, that experience doesn't matter. It matters, but Trevor Lawrence won the national title as a true freshman. Like sometimes you're just good. Yeah. Well, if that's who he is, then it, it doesn't matter. I just always thought that a season like this would be solid, but not great. So if you think it's a great season, that's fine. But I would be willing to trade a solid Should season. Alabama for have benched Mac Jones and started Bryce Young? Uh, what was the year in the scenario that happened? Oh, well, they won the national title in 2020, but Bryce Young could have won a national title too. 
Um, if you think that your team is in a position to win a national championship with the quarterback that you're starting, then I would not do that. We're not talking about sacrificing national championship caliber teams seasons. Okay. We're talking about sacrificing, uh, you know, a sirloin rather than a filet mignon. So you can have filet, filet mignon next year. I just, this is, I, this is a solid think, season. It wasn't anything yeah, that they're going to remember. I think for you're overblowing years. that quarterback decision. And if Aller's really good, then they'll be really good. Yeah. And if, well, if he's not as good, then they won't be. Well, to pivot from the discussion, though, this is a very a program that's in a very good position right now, regardless of Ralph's question, mm-hmm. that just simply has to figure out how to win one, one or two of those games yep. next year. Well, and something may be on the verge of happening that changes the dynamics that when we come back, we will talk about the big story of the day from our friends Bruce Feldman and Nicole Auerbach and Austin Meek. The headline, if Jim Harbaugh gets offered an NFL job, sources that those guys talk to say he's going to take it. That would be a big deal. We'll talk about it when we come back. Welcome back to the big story on Monday. Our Bruce Feldman, Nicole Auerbach, and Austin Meek write that if Jim Harbaugh is offered an NFL job, that he is likely to accept that. Now, this was the situation last year as well. He interviewed with the Vikings. He did not get offered the job. They gave the job to Kevin O'Connell, who is, by the way, having a great year with the Vikings. And I, I, I talked to Austin Meek last week Ari, on the pod, and we were talking about how good of a situation that was. And it was obviously a, a good situation for whatever coach got that job. And I asked Austin, you know, would Harbaugh want any of these jobs? Cause these jobs are, that are going to be open are going to be bad. Like Colts jobs going to be bad. Broncos jobs going to be bad. Texas jobs probably going to be bad. Cardinals job. If it's open is, is a problem too. But we, we work with these guys. They have very good sources they seem pretty emphatic. Well, let me ask you this. What do you think would have been a harder rebuild? And put yourself in Jim Harbaugh's shoes five years ago. Or, or wait, how many years has he been at Michigan now? Has He's it been, been eight now? Eight seasons. God, I feel like that happened yesterday. Yeah. You go back eight years ago and you say, Jim, what I need you to do is flip Michigan into a perennial national championship contender who beats Ohio state in back-to-back years and makes the college football playoff two years or go to the NFL to a place like Houston um, or a place like Arizona who has Kyler Murray and flip that franchise around. Which one do you think would be a more daunting job? Well, cause I think it would be Michigan. Cause in the NFL, you can, you, you can go from, from last to first. Quickly. Yeah. And, and, and like, I think the Colts would be kind of a leader here because he did play there. He has a relationship with Jim Irsay already. They're going to have a high draft pick. So could be CJ Stroud coaching. CJ Stroud, exactly. I mean, that is, yeah. I, I think the Texans are probably taking Bryce Young, but maybe that maybe that changes. Maybe CJ Stroud made everybody decide he should go first in that game against Georgia. Yeah, I, so he certainly changed my mind about him in general. I don't know because like, I don't know if there's such the thing as a bad NFL job if you're a good coach. Maybe the well, Browns. Well, the Broncos one's interesting because they're tethered to to Russell Wilson's contract, but I do kind of think Jim Harbaugh might be one of the people who could tell Russell Wilson to cut the crap and get him back. High knees on an airplane, you mean? Yeah, just get him back to what he was, (laughs) and maybe that changes something. But see, I'm so sad because we always talk about like um wanting the next Clemson to arrive or the next power or the ebbs and flows of college football. Michigan season. felt like it was on the, it's on its way. Yes. Like don't, don't go now, man. Like you got it going. Don't go now. Well, and, and he's figured out how to, how to spot recruit out of the portal better than just about anyone. And like last year when this stuff was happening, I said, well, this is probably a pretty good move for him. Cause he was a year removed from almost getting fired from Michigan. He finally beat Ohio state. So he doesn't go out a loser in the rivalry. And, he knows he probably can't sustain that long term, and that was wrong. Yeah, he did it again. Yep. So now it makes me think that Ohio State has a Michigan problem. You're a Michigan man. You built the thing that I thought was impossible for you to build, and are you going to go coach the Cardinals for the Colts? Don't do that. Don't do that. I thought. I thought that the. So let me ask you this: Do you think it? it and I think it's becoming more and more apparent. But doesn't it seem that? Jim Harbaugh left the NFL and the 49ers 
went to the Michigan and it almost felt like it was like a chance to repair his image to get back. Is he just an NFL guy? He might or, be. Well, remember he, the, the relationship fell apart with the 49ers right. ownership and front office. So that was the problem. It, Jim Harbaugh was actually doing a very good job with the 49ers. Wasn't it a year and a half? Was it a year or two after they went to the Super Bowl? Two? Two years. Yeah. And so I think that was it is, is yeah, he was not getting any other NFL offers. So he goes and he fixes Michigan. He was going to take the Vikings job if he got offered it. Like that was a done deal. So I guess it makes sense, but I'm with, I, I'm with you because Seems like it's hearts in the NFL. Yeah. But looking at it objectively and again i'm not him so if he want, if that's what he wants then that's that's what he's got to do but he seems to have unlocked something at michigan he seems to have figured out how to use the transfer portal better than a lot of other coaches figured out how to use it like i think i think they could do very well over the next few years they could potentially win a national title he or two like actually he's seems on the right happy path. there doesn't he he seemed happy yeah, but I mean, it, look, if, if you really do want to coach in the NFL you, and, and you got, because remember, this is also a guy who got this close to winning a Super Bowl and lost it to his brother. Like, that's tough. Yeah. So perhaps he thinks that's the that's the challenge he wants to to achieve. And and that's fine. If that's what he wants I to do, I understand. Like if Michigan were ever to win a national championship at Harb at, at, with Harbaugh, the coach, that there would be no greater hero anywhere. Well, like, I mean, I, yeah. B Bean says in the chat, Harbaugh hit a ceiling at Michigan. I disagree. I do. Too. I don't think we know what Michigan's ceiling was yet. Just see the guy wearing a suit at the at the media days here in Phoenix the other day. He's wearing a suit. He's got his Michigan hat on. It's like this guy is just exactly where he should be. You know what I mean? And I even had the thought before this report of like, I'm happy he didn't take the NFL job last year because this is this is really gelling. Now, now I will throw this out there. And we'll throw this out there. Last year, he did not have an agent. This year, he does. So, this also is a way to pump up any potential salary at Michigan. It just doesn't seem like him, Andy. It doesn't. I, I agree. That is not something an agent to begin with. Really done in the past, it. right? And the client tells the, the agent what to do. And he's not going to be like, "Well, we just got to the playoff for the second consecutive year. Can you please squeeze Michigan for every dime they have?" Like it doesn't seem like that would be his concern. That yeah, that's not really Harbaugh's mo. So, but maybe you know, money's money. I would do it. Yeah, I just, I, I understand if that's what he wants to do. I just think he's got potentially something special brewing in Michigan. Now, I realize we are putting the cart way before the horse, but hey, this is, this is what we do. It's, it's almost the off season. So, if he were to leave. Who gets that job? Because my my first thought is, if I'm Ward Manuel, I'm I'm saying we're gonna have a nationwide search, and then I am walking down the hall and telling Sharon Moore, "Congratulations, you're the new head coach." Yeah, I guess so. But there's a lot of people who'd want this job. Like, is this the one that like Dave Clawson would move for? Would you hire Lance Leipold for this? I'm, I or honestly, Chris Kleiman cannot picture Michigan with somebody else as their coach. Okay. It's like, well, it's me, gotten to that point in my head now where it's like, I cannot even fathom it. Let's talk about Chris, Chris Kleiman. Like imagine that philosophy at K state, but with Michigan players, you, yeah. you just tough as hell, but you're Michigan. So you're going to get some elite talent. Yeah. I think mean, it work. That's be really good. Oh, we got a Michigan fan here that said Dave Aranda. That could work. Dave Aranda would be really interesting. So, I, I mean, there's... I, I feel like it's the same collection of eight names that we say for so everybody. Many but... coaches, so many coaches would want that job. Yeah. A ridiculous amount of coaches. Because Michigan Pickle, is, a, is a destination going, job. Eh, maybe I should have waited. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he would ever take that job. Matt Rule would have taken that one over Nebraska. Yeah. Had, had it been open. But it is it is going to be if, if that happens. But again, I still think go down the hall and tell Sharon Moore it's yours if you want it. Because yeah. I mean, he's the the move of him from tight ends coach to offensive line coach, and then ultimately to to play caller 
or well, that he and Matt Weiss were sharing those duties, but it feels like he was other than Harbaugh, the most responsible for this evolution of into what they are. Yeah. Um, what about Jesse Minter? I mean, Jesse Minter would, would, would be one, but I think the idea is that Jesse Minter is probably going back to the NFL. Because he was a finalist for the Thorpe Award this year, wasn't he? For the... Uh, the I mean, sorry, the Broyles Award. My Broyles bad. Award. Yeah. He was. He was. And I believe Sherman Moore won I, it. I don't think year. he's a defensive back. That was just a tongue... tongue <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. I... Mit, Mentor, you know, it, he's not, it's not like Mike McDonald where it felt explicitly like he was on loan from the Ravens, but I think the idea yeah. is that, that maybe, maybe he wants to go back. To the I just NFL feel like if you're going to be getting, because like if you, I would put Michigan in the realm of destination jobs that usually don't open unless you're fired situation. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. Not so only this isn't be, like, yeah, you'd be walking into a great situation, a great job that is also, ready to go right now and also five-star quarterback returning all the crap of worrying about coaching carousel stuff for the foreseeable future or forever like i I would put michigan on the same level as an ohio state usc a texas um those types of jobs when they open as being a place that a coach could make a shit ton of money for a long period of time Mm -hmm. and if they do well stay there forever and and if you're Ward Manual, if you hire well here, you may never have to hire a football coach again. And you ride off into the sunset, and everybody loves you. As a pretty rich man yourself, yes. Yeah. Uh, somebody said Urban Meyer. I love it. There's always it doesn't matter what the job is. We get one Urban Meyer and everyone right? all the time. Oh, Joshua Mustachio, Lane Kiffin. Nope, I don't think. I don't think Lane's going to Michigan. I don't. I don't think Michigan's going after Lane, but. You know, would, would Michigan go after P.J. Fleck? Because that style, now, the, the row the boat type style is it doesn't sound like Michigan, but the way they play feels like what Michigan wants to be. Yeah. What about Dion? No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be an interesting one? I don't know if it's possible because of their the current situation at Kentucky. I think Mark Stoops would fit well there. He'd crawl across broken glass for that job, for he would. sure. Yeah, I, I do kind of wonder how much what happened this year hurts him on that front. Because he had Liam Cohen. They they did a great job. And then Liam Cohen leaves. He goes back to the NFL and hires Rich Scangarello, and that offense was just horrific. Yeah. You know, uh, it seems like it could be just a scheme where uh, Michigan has a built-in excuse for not signing top five recruiting classes every year. Well, yeah. And, and – but – I don't know because the whole going into Ohio thing, you might actually get some guys Ohio State wants if you're at Michigan. Oh, for sure. Like your your recruiting ranking might be pretty high. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, I think Michigan could go into Ohio and get guys that Ohio State wants right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that would be. You know, <laughs> there's so many options of people who have ties to Michigan too. I don't, I don't think you have to have ties to Michigan. I don't think you should have ties to Michigan, but this one actually worked out because he understands what Michigan is to the, to the core of his soul. Yeah, but I think, I think it's pretty easy to understand philosophically what they would prefer, and that's why, like, like I said, P.J. Fleck, again, they might not want all the slogans, but they definitely want the way they play football. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like gimmicky, but it's not gimmicky. And you would think that Jim Harbaugh was gimmicky when it's not gimmicky. That's true. He was really gimmicky when he got the there. beginning with all the climbing trees and sleepovers and stuff. Yes. Yes. He was incredible. Satellite gimmicky. camps. Remember how big of a deal that was? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is uh, M. M. Gobowski. If Wisconsin had kept Leonard, then Fickle would have been choice number one. Yeah. If Fickle had known Michigan might open, I wonder if he holds off on taking I'd love to have uh, asked you scenario with uh with Fickle and ask would you ever take that job yeah that's true he is an Ohio guy through and he's through. like that, that might been be at Ohio hard. State his whole life I don't know if he could do it well and, and the thing is if Wisconsin if Wisconsin's NIL stuff is is as organized as it sounds like and they're willing to to give Fickle the the kind of staffing that, that he needs to be competitive 
you can do just as much at Wisconsin, I think. Yeah, I think I think you could. What about coaches who are in current jobs that you wouldn't think are candidates for, but Michigan could hire away with big money that we wouldn't consider? Like oh, so like, like the Brian Kelly. Brian. How about Brian Kelly again? Somebody I told me. It, somebody told me when all this stuff broke. Some uh, somebody in the agent world texted me and said, "You know who'd love this job is Brian Kelly." And I was like, "I don't think Brian Kelly's leaving LSU." Brian Kelly, by the way, was in the midst. Of, I think Brian Kelly was up thirty-five nothing on Purdue at that point. If we, we didn't even talk about that game, if Brian Kelly went to LSU for the reason of acquiring a lot more talent and winning a national championship, I think he would view that as a step in the wrong direction because right. there's more recruiting situational issues at Michigan than there are at LSU. No, I, I think I think he's in a good spot right there. So, yeah, I don't know that. I think this will be if if Harbaugh leaves. The, the race to do this will be very interesting. I think they would go quick, but I do think that Sharon Moore would get a look. What about, is Matt Campbell's star fizzled out? Because he would probably shouldn't he'd be. crawl there too, right? It shouldn't be. like that. That's what, that is a guy you absolutely should talk to if your job opens up if you're Michigan. Because his philosophy would be perfect there. And look, I know the season stunk this year for them but they they were close in almost every game up until up until the tcu game and what he was doing winning nine games eight nine games a year at iowa state is a miracle yep so i i that would be one that you you'd feel like it'd be hard to sell in the press conference but like like i i've said over and over again on this podcast don't worry about winning the press conference worry about winning games that's right josh heupel I think Josh Heupel is pretty happy where he is. Yeah, things are going pretty well there. You see Joe uh, Milton throwing laser beams in the Orange Bowl? He's bringing, he's bringing Joe Milton back. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Joe Milton's coming back to Michigan, baby. Tractor beam what? sucked me right in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that happens. But I, I, I will be honest with you, Andy. I, I am a little kind of in a funk about it. I don't like it. I hope he doesn't it, go. It's frustrating because it feels like they finally got where they needed to go. And they understand what they need to be. They have a, a philosophy that is coherent, a plan that is repeatable. This is what every college program kills to have or and, would kill uh, to have. He just makes it more interesting, man. How about that? Just, just straight up. As people who talk about the sport and write about the sport for a living, the sport is a better sport to follow from a soap opera television standpoint with him in it than without him in it. Yes. And he's not as interesting in the NFL because he doesn't have to be. Right. I'd yeah. be very curious how he would act again in the NFL if things would be different because I don't remember him being quite as weird when he's with the 49ers as he is now. That's what I was reading about. I think he kept sleeping over at recruits' houses, by the way. It just wasn't as publicized anymore because I, I think it was an Austin story about their, their freshman tight end from, from Idaho that Harbaugh stayed at their house when he was recruiting him. Maybe he didn't. Maybe maybe it was just a, you know, he stayed late and then left. But my favorite it sounded question like a sleepover to me. I've ever asked in a news conference was after he slept over at that kicker's house eight years ago. I uh, rose my hand in a Monday or Tuesday press conference with Urban Meyer and I said, "Urban, would you ever sleep over at a recruit's house on a in-home visit?" And he looked at me oh, like because he had no idea that it was coming, and yeah. he went. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Here's something from Andrew Cooper that I have not. Well, one th- one part that I have thought about because I've I said it earlier, but the second part I didn't think about, and it's something that we do need to think about these days. So Andrew Cooper in the chat says he's just using his best leverage to get more cash for him and his players. Now, we did mention for him what if what if this is a way to squeeze a few more shekels out of out of Michigan, which Ari and I both summarily dismissed because it's just not his mo, but. What if the the ask is not give me more money, but get your NIL house in order and let's hook these dudes up so we can get better dudes? I believe Aria's on mute. I don't know why StreamYard does this to me. Sometimes it just mutes me for no reason. It doesn't like you. In, in the uh, discussion with the administrators about Hey, you got this job offer or you're interested in this job. Jim, what can we do to make you happy? 
he sits down in the most uh serious and straightforward way possible which i'm not sure looks like for jim harbaugh being straightforward and obvious but says listen the way that the nil game is going we are losing recruits because of it um we are not able to compete at the highest level as this game continues to evolve unless we evolve with it i've noticed that there's a hesitance despite the fact that this university is probably richer than 95 percent of the universities in the country in terms of you know donor support mm-hmm. and all that if you want me to be your coach, you got to give me a chance. In the NFL, I don't have to worry about these things. It's a level playing field. We have the draft, we have free agency, we have salary cap. You got to give me a shot in the arena to get the players that we need to get in order to compete at the highest level. And this is my opportunity to tell you that either we figure that out and you promise me that that gets done or I'm gone. That's a legitimate ask. And that's a legitimate way to use your leverage. Andrew, you're a genius. Like Andrew solved the equation, maybe. I, I had not thought about it that way, but that is... Because the number one gripe from Michigan fans is the lack of NIL usage. Well, and, and just to kind of spread this out, this wouldn't just be a Michigan thing. This is something you could see going forward with various coaches. Yeah. yeah. You could see it happening at big-time programs, too. Well, and, and the other thing is, it's not... It's not unusual for a coach to say, I'm not doing this for more money for me. I'm doing it for more money for my assistants. That has happened a lot over the years. Because that's where the money used to go. Yeah. Why not spread it to the players now that that's something you're capable of doing? This is, it's a very interesting way of looking at it. And perhaps that is what's going on here. But again, just having watched Jim Harbaugh, through the years, knowing people who know Jim Harbaugh, I'd still be surprised. If he really wants to go to the NFL, I think it's he's going to go because he wants yeah. to go to the NFL. Well, do you think it's going to happen? I think somebody's going to offer him a job. I think the Colts or the Broncos will. So, because two years ago, he wasn't even hireable in the NFL, right? Allegedly, yeah. Or because it just wasn't going well, they didn't have a ground to stand on to hire him again. Yeah. because But now, it's like this is an automatic attractive hire for an NFL franchise, right? Yes. Especially one that is rebuilding that is either going to have a young quarterback or needs to have a quarterback fixed. So the Colts will have a young quarterback. The Broncos need one fixed. The Cardinals need one fixed. Yeah. The Texans will have a young quarterback. The Panthers might have a young quarterback. They also uh, have a former Stanford quarterback. At, in Houston, that 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 one, I I thought you were talking about the former Stanford quarterback who used to play for the Colts. He ain't coming back. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm talking about. I Davis listened to our narrative podcast series, and I actually I actually saw Andrew Luck in Las Vegas and talked to him for a minute. Could you imagine if he went to Indianapolis and Andrew Luck came back to play for him? <laughs> that would be incredible. He's how old That'd is Andrew amazing. Luck now? Early thirties. Uh yeah, yep, yep. Now, yeah. he's, he'd have to hit the weights a little bit, but... And he lost a lot of weight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he yeah. could do it. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be real hard. Yeah. He's healthy now. Took his... his, his yeah, that's that's what... Uh, Tony Ayo says, Davis Mills sucks, Ari. Well, he's got a long neck, so you don't know... I have a long be. neck, too. I, I Do I'm, you have a long neck? Oh, yeah. I feel Davis Mills' pain. Look at oh, this. Oh, you do have a long neck. I'm like a human bobblehead. I don't have a long neck. I'm just happy to have a neck at all. Yeah. Well, I I didn't. That, this is one thing the weight loss is exposed for me is I, I I'm essentially there's a neck the white, under there. I'm the white Merton Hanks. So do you celebrate by bobbing your head back and forth the way that he used to? I should now. That was my favorite uh, touchdown celebration as a kid. It, it is strange seeing him as a Pac-12 executive now. Because I loved his celebrations, even though I hated the 49ers because they won too much. That's weird. <laughs> but all right. All right. We're going to take one more break. When we come back. I want to put a bow on this bowl season. What were our favorite moments? Because this this one was awesome. It really was. This is, you know, I, I don't care what you think. Too many bowls, whatever. If you didn't like this, you just don't like football. We'll be right back. Welcome back. So, what one one name that was in the uh, 
in the chat. Shadyville 03, Sean McVay would be on my dream list. I highly doubt Harbaugh is leaving. We'll, we'll get to the, the bowl superlatives, but what about Sean McVay or Sean Payton? Like, would they do that? No. <laughs> you don't want to call 16-year-olds? Why would Sean McVay do that? He's like the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Rams, you know, aren't aren't going to come back together the way they did before. So we'll we'll see. So but yeah, he's gotta start trying to sign top John, five classes. Sean Payton's still still Saints, still still under contract with the Saints, but I think he could coach in college, but I don't think that would be for very long. My guess is he's he's going to the NFL yeah. as a head coach again, either next year or the following year. So oh, Matthew C. John Gruden is going to Michigan. You heard it here first. We didn't have a podcast unless we said John Gruden's name. We got to have some groomers. Did I yeah, tell you? I don't know. Tell are groomers dead after the way that he left the Raiders? Yes, groomers are dead. Yeah. But did I ever okay. tell you about my favorite groomer? No. So this is one. This is, I think, post-Shiano Sunday, pre-Pruitt hiring. So this is after the firing of Butch Jones. They tried to hire Greg Shiano. They rescinded the offer and they're still looking. So I talked to a Tennessee fan who I know who shall remain nameless. And I, I'm not sure if this person was actually believing this or passing along. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but it, it, it certainly tended toward. I actually believe this, that Gruden was in a private plane flying over Knoxville and just waiting for the signal to land and sign his Tennessee deal. I can't remember what was holding it up. Was it a hand signal? I, you, I, or do you just shoot a flare in the air? I think it's a bat signal kind of thing. Like, not not the actual bat signal, but like a Chucky signal, a Chucky doll signal. And they, and they would land, and then he, he would sign. He'd ink it, and then he'd fly off into the night again? Yeah. I, I think that would be, that would be the, the best one I heard. You yeah, know, him eating pretty... at Calhoun's is pretty basic, especially when it was clear he was in seattle that time. seems pretty nutty andy so yeah but that was that was it so no groomers this time if, if jim harbaugh leaves michigan there will be no groomers i apologize for that all right Ari, this bowl season has been pretty spectacular it you know th there were a few good games early but it feels like once you had the triple overtime kansas arkansas game where arkansas did almost everything possible to give it away the the kid who the kid who caught the two point conversion in Texas and, and got his Applebee's commercial last year caught I think a touchdown and a two point conversion in this game and then Arkansas comes back and wins. That's still one of my favorite. That's probably my favorite non New Year's Six slash CFP game. Yeah, that was a good game. The Gator uh, Bowl was awesome too. That South Carolina Notre Dame Gator Bowl was awesome. Yeah, that was good. I'm trying to remember which one was my favorite one. The Oregon-North Carolina game was fun. It was great. Yes, that was the same night as Kansas-Arkansas. But right the Arkansas-Kansas game was the best game of the... Like, listen, if we're just going to do straight football games and we just don't talk about the stakes that are involved in them, there's no question that the Kansas game was the best game. Yes, and, and it's one of those things where we all came... To, all of us who were watching together on social media came together and just... This is why we do this. This is why it's fun. This is why we love this sport. There is a lot of this is why we love this sport moments in bowl season. And it's like funny, too. I was talking to a, another reporter on the phone today. Um, he knows who he is. And he said, why would you get rid of something that has the uh, television interest that these games have? You know, there's some people who, who feel like they should get rid of the bowls. But it's like, how many other sports would kill, like he said, for the ratings of the Bahamas Bowl? Well, that's what, and, and that's what people don't understand that, that I keep trying to explain. As long as these games get 2 million viewers, they're not going anywhere. I think I like, watched almost all of them, Andy. Yeah, I, I watched all or part of every single one. Yeah. I don't think the, there was one that I didn't watch a single play of. The LSU-Purdue game was the worst one. I watched a few plays of it. <laughs> it were they all many. touchdowns? <laughs> it, mostly. Mostly. There were a couple three and outs from Purdue, but mostly LSU touchdowns. Yeah, like we talked so. about the – I was sick to my stomach, uh, but we talked about the Illinois-Mississippi uh, State game, but what a moment for the honoring of Mike Leach, too. 
you know, to come back. Well, exactly. And, and also the fact that it ends on something as crazy as that, he would have loved that. Yeah. So, well, we probably need to put the bow on this bowl season because we've got massive rampant offseason speculation to do. Jim Harbaugh maybe going to the NFL. This won't be the first and last time we talk about this. This this will be ongoing. And then we got a national championship game to talk about, Ari. We got we'll TCU in Georgia. We're going to be in LA later this week. So let's get ready. Hopefully, uh, as this has been going on, as we're recording this, uh, I, I, I just flipped it on. Uh, Demar Hamlin from the Bills is down on the field. I, I hope he's okay. That that looks awful. Whatever's going on, it, it sounds like they're giving him CPR right now. So I hope he's all right. And uh, just ugh, you just it gives you the, the the chills to see that. So hopefully they they can get him get him up and about because this is it's pretty scary to watch the ambulance on the field and all the players like it, Josh Allen looked visibly shaken. So you know, hope, hopefully he's going to be all right, but we will be back. Ari, right, we got what stars matter. First thing you do in the morning on, on Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning, you Mitch light me and Max Olson. We're going to talk about a new way to evaluate talent. That's something you said we, we got to figure out. So we're going to do it. And then we're in LA on Thursday we got to come up with some good would you rather questions for the uh, for the players in the national championship. Yeah, game. I'm driving from Phoenix to LA, so mm-hmm. I will have time to ponder them in my car. Oh, listen, that's what I want. I want you pondering them. I don't want you. Would coming, you rather coming be behind a person who's walking one step slower than you want to walk for the rest of your life, or would you rather have a rollerblade permanently attached to your left foot? This is the type of thing we need to be asking. And we're going to workshop that one. I'm not sure if it's it's perfect, but we're going to workshop it. All right, guys. It's been fun. Thank you for a great bowl season. Thanks for hanging with us. And we will talk to you later this week.